Greetings and welcome to the Chirping the Cats podcast. Uh, David Dwork, your host, here with you as always. And uh, on this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, somebody who I've been really hoping and I'm excited to speak to him for the last few months. And I think all you Panthers fans will understand why when I tell you who it is. Uh, it's Mike Kelly, NHL Network analyst who also works with SportLogic. Uh, you see him all the time on NHL Network. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Happy to do it, David. And uh, I got to be honest, when I first saw the Chirping the Cats podcast, I'm like, we're going to go on here and make fun of the Florida Panthers. Like, they're too good. We can't chirp the cats. But uh, you know, it's an awesome podcast. I'm happy to do it. I appreciate it, man. It's all about the alliteration, right? I was trying to come exactly. up with something and uh, I, I thought it worked. But no, chirps don't always have to be bad. Chirps can be fun and chirps can be uh, happy. And I try to try to That's give true. it as much of a full circle feel as we can, but you're absolutely right. Like right now it is the time to be a Panthers fan. Like if, if you're my age and you remember the Panthers being good when you were a teenager, that's one thing. But I think most people right now have not experienced this level of, uh, of Panthers dominance is really the best way to put it right now. Um, and really the first question I'll ask you on this Panthers team, what led you to making your preseason pick for the Panthers to be your surprise cup winner? What, what, was the thought process? How did you see what we're now seeing on the ice? Well, yeah, like they were legitimately my team that I said, I, I really think this team has a chance to win a cup. Like you could say Tampa because they've won the last two and, and I, I obviously think they're a contender. But when I look for new blood, um, Florida's the team that jumped out to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, number one, I, I thought they played a really good playoff series against Tampa Bay last year. And I know they lost, but they played them hard. Um, and the thing that I like about Florida, which is where I'll start to look, uh, when I talk about cup contenders is that they are not one dimensional. They can play in a lot of different ways. They can beat you in different ways. And you have to be able to do that when you get into the postseason, because you might go up against a team in the first round. That's a real good lockdown defensive team with a great goalie. You might go up against a team in the second round. That's a run and gun high offense team. You got to be able to beat both of them. So when I look at Florida, you love the forward group, obviously. Um, great additions they've made uh, in the last couple of years. You know, Bill Zito comes in. Uh, you add players like Anthony Duclair and Carter Verhage and Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett and um, guys who bring a lot of different elements to the table. You've got the stars there, obviously, that have been there for a while, Barkov, Huberto, et cetera. The blue line, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, I don't like the term underrated um, because I think it's subjective. I don't underrate him. Uh, but he's, he's not widely known across the league, right, among fan bases. He's one of the better defensemen in the NHL. Um, and we know Ackblad's great. And then the goaltending, my whole thing, because that's where people look to point a hole in what I was saying. Well, what about the goaltending? And my whole thing was, I'm confident that one of these guys will be able to get them where they need to go. That's either Bobrovsky getting back to the level that he's been at before in his career, which is kind of what he's been for most of the season, or Spencer Knight continuing to uh, progress in his game and he's dropped off a bit so far it's early but as long as one of these guys you don't ever have both of them in the net you just need one of them going well um, top to bottom this this team's a beast yeah and talking about the goaltending I was going to ask you what you thought in terms of you got the goaltending you've got this crazy possess possession metrics numbers that the team has been putting off the entire year uh, you've got the depth uh, what do you think is the x factor on this team that that really sets them apart well, a little bit of what I think makes them so exciting is, you know, right now, basically best offensive team in the league. You look at everything under the hood and obviously what they're doing, scoring goals as well. Um, they generate quality chances more than anybody. Uh, everything that goes into having a good process offensively, they're right at the top of the league. 
nobody creates more off the rush than Florida. Nobody, so they, they have the most odd man rushes of any team. They give up the most odd man rushes of any team. That's exciting hockey. Yeah. Um, the difference with Florida is that they still create more than they allow, and they're so good that they still score a lot as well. Um, so they can overcome that. But that's what I would love if I'm a Panthers fan. We've seen a lot of successful teams be kind of boring but good. This team is super exciting in how they play and really good, um, which which just makes me love watching them. The X factor for me, uh, as I mentioned, is they're not dependent on one thing to beat you. They're not dependent on scoring a ton to win. They're not dependent on scoring a ton in a certain way to win. Um, if you're coaching against the Florida Panthers, you can't look at this team and say, okay, um, let's just jam them up in the neutral zone and we're going to take away kind of their only big threat. or Let's make sure that we box them out in the defensive zone and we're going to take away their only big threat. They can play physical. They can play fast. They're incredibly skilled. They can defend. They've got the goaltending um, top to bottom. I, I just, there's a lot to like about this team. And something that gets a lot of attention with the Panthers that like you talk about the, the big names, the Barkov, the Huberdos, uh, the depth of the team is something that's obviously gotten a lot of attention with between the injuries, the guys that, you know, now Barkov is down. Mason Marchman's been down. Nolachari. Um, one of the things that I think I really like is that with Bill Zito and the guys that he's brought in, something that doesn't get a lot of attention is how important they've been in the room. Guys like Radko Gudis and Patrick Hornquist mm -hmm. bringing in a jumbo this offseason. It's really remarkable to me how Zito has come in. He's barely been on the job for a little bit more than a year now. It seems like a lot longer. But to come in and immediately be able to have your finger on the pulse of the team so well, I can't remember any GM stepping into a new team and having this much success this soon. Really pushed a lot of the right buttons. That's for sure. And you, you brought up a lot of good, uh, of names and, and good examples of, um, you know, kind of everything's been working out really well, which impossible to do that over a career. Uh, there's way too many variables, but for him, Bill Zito to have had the success that he's had so far and, and, and it's not like it was just a couple minor things. Like there were a lot of significant moves here and they've all looked really good. So absolutely full credit to him. Um, you know, they've, they've got a, an analytics department there. Obviously it's something that I pay attention to in the line of work that I do where they bring in certain guys. And, you know, I, in my view, I'm like, yep, that's a, a no brainer. Like I was asking the NHL network a couple of years ago, you know, who's a breakout player to look for in the league next year. And I said, Carter Verhage, and I think the host kind of looked at me like I had two heads, like, like really, <laughs> your breakout star player is a guy who was on the fourth line in Tampa? And I said, watch this guy. Like, if he gets an opportunity somewhere, um, he, he's got the potential to, to be a special player. And he's been a star player. Um, I know that he rides shotgun a lot with Barkov. It's, it's not just, it helps playing with someone like that. It's not because of it. He's a star player. Um, and Bill Zito and his staff have been able to identify a player like that, Anthony Duclair, put them in situations where they can be successful. Um, so outstanding um, job by Bill Zito and his staff since he's taken over there in Florida. Now, obviously, we've we talked a lot about a lot of the positive and good things about this Panthers team, but I, I just wanted to touch on the flip side of that coin for a second. And of all these great things that the Panthers can throw at you, do you see anything like maybe one thing that could potentially hold them back? from reaching the top of the mountain this season? Uh, it's a good question. You know, again, it's, it's still relatively early in the season, although we've played enough games at this point where you can start to get a, you know, a more well-rounded picture of 
um, you know, what these teams are, what they look like. Um, they obviously went through a stretch here where they lost four in a row, although I thought they played quite well um, in two or three of those games. And you're going to end up on the wrong side of it sometimes. Right. Um, but there's not, there's not any big glaring deficiency that I look at and say like, Oh, come playoff time. That's the thing that's going to be exposed. There is a couple teams in the league that have put up great regular season records the last few years that I can point to something and say, that's what bites them. I haven't seen them fix this yet. They might win games, but when they get into a playoff series against this kind of team, they haven't proven that they can overcome that thing. Uh, I don't see that right now with Florida. We'll, we'll watch as things kind of go on. Um, but I guess the biggest adversity they've faced is a little losing streak. And like I said, I don't think they were being dominated um, for, for most of that stretch. So I guess that's the good news. Nothing glaring right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we're going to, in, in terms of overcoming adversity, I mean, they're, they're about to be tested over the next, at least you would think maybe two or three weeks with, uh, you know, Sasha Barkov, who's not only the Panthers best player and, you know, the coach and the teammate, his teammates will all say that uh, one of the best players in the NHL. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they fill that hole. But when you talk about guys like, you know, not just the big names, the Huberdos, the Bennett's, the Reinhardt's, the Carter Hades, Anthony Duclair's, I mean, there's kind of an embarrassment of riches in that forward ranks, but just to see how they overcome this adversity, I find that it's really important. If you're going to be a Stanley cup contending team, you have to go through some of these issues during the regular season, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not necessarily going to be a terrible thing because you'll see what you have by elevating other guys into bigger roles. Um, I, the good news is, you know, you're, you're avoid surgery and it's not something real long-term. It doesn't sound like with Barkov. Yeah. Uh, the last I saw anyways. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so that's the positive. Um, but you know, as we've talked about already, I think that they're deep enough, um, where there's other guys that can take on bigger roles. And one of the guys that I've been so impressed with this year is Anton Lundell and, and being able to step in and, and in the role that he's been in. Um, and play in a lot of different situations and be so effective. Like I was working one night a couple weeks ago and um, the Panthers were playing and I forgot what game it was exactly, but Lundell, I think he maybe had a point a goal or an assist or whatever. He didn't dominate offensively, but I, my whole analysis after that game was talking about this guy and how many different ways he can positively affect the game. Um, he kind of, I don't want to make the comparison because it's a huge one, but in some ways he's like a little mini Barkov out there with the skill set yes. that he has. So um, again, I, I think Florida has got enough depth that one injury to one big name player isn't going to sink them. Yeah. I mean, with Lindell, I mean, he's out there in the same situations that they're both killing penalties. They're both driving mm -hmm. play down the middle. They're both possessing the puck. Uh, it's, and I don't, they're roommates. I don't know if you knew that, but Lindell's actually living at Barkov's house in Boca Raton. So it's, it's a pretty cool mentor to have it for a young Finn to be able to take up to Barkov and live with him and learn from him. There's no wonder that he's having such an amazing rookie year. No kidding. eh? And, and to be 20 years old and playing that position, um, your first year in the NHL, your first games in the NHL, and to look as good as he has overall. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, to, to be that connected to, uh, to your countryman, uh, Sasha Barkov, uh, that, that's about as good as it gets. So uh again a lot for for panthers fans to be excited about and um you know that's that's one of the things like i said that i love about this team is that they're not only good they're so much fun I, I wish they were nationally televised more than they are this year and man if, I, if i'm trying to sell the game of hockey i don't care if it's la new york what the market is i'm putting a team like the panthers on national tv as much as i can um because anybody who, who loves you know just exciting sports is going to watch that team and and enjoy it.
you know, maybe we'll get a Florida Edmonton final and it'll just blow the hockey world oh. into it. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd that be would fun. be fun. Um, in terms of analytics, you mentioned that, like, obviously that's kind of your, your bread and butter area. Uh, I, I am definitely nowhere near as knowledgeable as you are. I'm a novice. I'm trying to teach myself, but I have been keeping an eye on the Panthers possession numbers, um, their positive play numbers. And uh, I just kind of wanted to ask you who off the, who on this team really jumps off the charts at you in terms of a, a great analytical player. Uh, well, several, um, I'll, I'll go back to Mackenzie Weger again, just because I think maybe, you know, outside of Florida, uh, a lot of fans might not understand how good this guy is. So he doesn't play on the power play. Um, so he might not score as many points as some other top end defenseman, although he led all defensemen and even strength scoring last year. I think Florida kind of has a luxury where they've, they've really rely on the first unit. When the second unit is out there, you got Montour, um, and you can just, kind of save Uyghur's minutes. I think he'd be really good on a power play. I'd love to see him on a power play. Um, my sense is they probably just, you know, we don't need to do it. So let's give him the big even strength minutes and the penalty kill. But he's a guy who offensively skates really well, moves the puck really well, um, zone exits, entries, uh, things like that shows really well. Defensively, his stick. And I'd encourage even Panthers fans to watch this. How many plays... He and Ekblad, the two of them, are able to kill in the neutral zone by stepping up at the blue line, uh, either getting a stick in the way of a pass or uh, separating an opponent from the puck. But being able to stop an entry in the neutral zone, those two guys do it better than any other defense pair in the league. And that helps you kill those rush chances coming in against you. It also helps funnel your transition game going the other way, where Florida creates more off the rush than anybody. Um, so he's got a really good defensive stick, really good defensive player. Um, and those are, those are some of the things that we measure in analytics is not only your zone denial rate, how many entries that you're able to kill, but are you doing it inside your blue line? Are you doing it in the neutral zone, which is great if you can. And, and like I said, he does a, a really good job of that. Um, but his, yeah, his defensive stick, his defensive play, his positioning is uh, among the better defensemen in the league. Now, taking a step back from the focusing on, on all the Panthers players, I wanted to look at some of the, the competition they might see. Who do you think presents the biggest challenge for them in the Eastern Conference as the Panthers are trying to make this run to a potential Stanley Cup? Who do you think would be their biggest uh, test? Because there's, you know, you got Carolina, Tampa, Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they, um, I think that they would do well against a team like Toronto. Uh, again, because I don't think Toronto's as multidimensional as Florida is. Um, doesn't everybody do well against Toronto in the playoffs? Yeah. Five years in a <laughs> row. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's one of those teams that I have picked against them publicly every year in the first round. And you know, the, the Washington year, you can go back, um, what is it? 2016, I think Toronto was kind of happy to be there and they played well against the caps in that series. Um, but they lost. Then you get the Boston years where maybe you can kind of coin flip it a little bit. And, and look, they got so close so many times. Uh, it's not like they were run out of the building or anything. Oh, excruciating but, losses, no doubt. Yeah, but people were surprised when I picked Columbus to beat them in the first round. And one of the reasons why I did is because Columbus was an elite defensive team that year, an elite team at counterattacking, at forcing turnovers, generating off the rush. People don't realize that Columbus um scored more goals off the rush that year than any team in the league they thought they were the slow defensive dump and chase team they counter punch really well and toronto was a possession heavy team they like to try to hang on to the puck and that was an area where i thought that uh that maybe columbus could exploit them and again very close series they win 
And then you go to last year, nobody picked Montreal. Very few people. I did. Um, because again, I thought you have a team that's playing really well defensively. You have a great counterpunch team and you got a really good goalie. Um, they had the kind of recipe to do it. It was just wasn't a good matchup or the best matchup. Florida, to me, in a series like that, they can beat you in a lot of different ways, like I said, um, and they can score with Toronto. So I would pick Florida there. Teams that I think the Panthers might be in tough against, I'd put Tampa Bay in that mix again because they're similar in a lot of those ways um, where they can play heavy, they can generate off the cycle, they can play in transition. Carolina is just such an aggressive puck pursuit, forechecking, kind of in-your-face team. They're going to give anybody trouble. They've been better this year than I thought they'd be. I wasn't right about this one. I thought they'd still be good, but I thought they'd take a step back. Uh, they have not. So hats off to Rod, uh, the bod, and his group there for what they're doing. <laughs> um, and I think the Caps would be a tough out too. Um, because again, they, they, they've got good depth. Um, I, I wouldn't pick them to beat Florida, but I think they're one of those teams that, that could give them a tough series. You get into the Rangers. I know they're 10-3-3, three and three, but goaltending has is, is been a huge part of that. They give up a lot. Um, and with how good offensively Florida is, I, I don't think that'd be a huge challenge for the Panthers. Um, and that's kind of, I think, when we're talking about the big dogs in the East right now, where we're sitting, Boston's still doing well, and they've only played 13 games. Um, they're always a tough team to play, but I wouldn't put them where I would a couple of years ago, so... Yeah, if I had to pick the teams, I think they'd give uh, Florida the, the toughest challenge. I'd, I'd probably go Carolina, Washington, uh, and Tampa Bay right now. Now, taking a look on the other side of the league, uh, I did want to ask you about a couple Western Conference teams that I'm kind of pleasantly surprised to see doing so well, and that's Nashville and Anaheim. Um, Nashville, you know, has always been a really solidly structured team, and UC Soros has been amazing. Um, Anaheim, I'm pretty surprised to see them doing so well when you've got guys like Zedris and Terry kind of uh, carrying play and Gibson looking so good. Uh, are those teams for real? Are they going to be in the playoff conversation when we get a few months from now? So Nashville is third, I guess, fourth in points percentage right now in the central division. I, I think they're a bubble team. Um, I don't think they're as good as their nine, six and one record indicates. You, you nailed it. UC Soros has been unbelievable. He was great yeah. last year too. He's a really good goalie. He's, he's not a big guy. Um, great footwork, great lateral movement in the net, gets square to a lot of shots and kind of makes up for that. He's a, he's a rock star back there. Um, you know, Matthew Shane's having a bit of a, a breakout year. He had good, really good underlying numbers uh, even last year, but just couldn't seem to translate that into goals and points. That's starting to correct a little bit. He's played well, but I, I don't see Nashville as a top tier team. Um, if they make the playoffs, I, I don't think it'll be that shocking, but I think they're a bubble team. Um, and then, you know, the Anaheim Ducks, I, I thought they're kind of on the verge of starting to do what they're doing. I'm surprised they're, they're, they've been able to do it. They're a team to me where the underlying numbers, the process is matching the results a little bit more, um, which again is surprising. They're 10-4-3. John Gibson's a great goalie. We know that. Um, they're on a heater right now, the, the yeah. win streak that they're on with, with eight in a row. So um, when I look at things like, you know, okay, what's their – expected goals uh at even strength it's it's a little lower uh they're they're overachieving in that area a little bit now there could be a correction there um but defensively they've been really good a top 10 team and then you've got the elite goaltending on top of that and troy terry is is absolutely ripping it up now he's a such a dynamic player a, a guy that can beat you one-on-one -on -one who's, who's hard to 
separate from the puck. Ryan Getzlaff looks re-energized playing with him. Um, he just got a thousand points. Um, so yeah, I, I'm surprised by it. Um, I don't think they'll be in the running to win the division when all is said and done. I think Vegas is going to catch up again and teams like Edmonton and Calgary uh, over the long haul I'd, I'd take, but um, in that Pacific division, you start talking about third place, maybe fourth place. Uh, I could see it. Well, the last thing I'm going to ask you, Mike, before I let you go, and thank you again for joining me. Um, the prediction you made about the Panthers came before the season, right? Now we're into the second month of the year. Are you ready to double down on your pick? Are you sticking with the Panthers as, a, as the cup, cup winner? Hey, man, I'm, I'm pot committed. I'm going. <laughs> I, I pushed my chips all in at the start of the season. Like, yeah, I, I'm uh, one thing I try to be very conscious about in my job is not being married to my past beliefs. If I see evidence to inform and change an opinion, I will follow it. Um, and if that means, you know, being wrong about what I said a month or two ago, so be it. Um, I think you get into a lot of trouble when you believe something to be true and then new evidence is shown to kind of disprove that belief and you just follow it because, well, I said it. Uh, that's where you can get into a lot of trouble. So I'm happy to change my opinion if I see evidence that warrants it. I don't see that with Florida. Um, I think they've kind of proved a lot of what I thought about them. Um, even more so, I guess, like I, I didn't expect them to be 11, 2, and 3 uh, or go uh, open the season on the win streak that they did. But if I still have to pick one team right now, I'm taking those cats. You can catch him on the NHL Network almost every day. Uh, he also does work with SportLogic. Mike Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, everybody can find him on Twitter at Mike Kelly NHL as well. I'm going to throw that in there. But Mike, thank you so much for just taking some time and uh, sharing your knowledge. I uh, really do appreciate it, man. Happy to do it, David. And uh, maybe if the, the Panthers end up lifting that cup, we'll do a little season wrap up and uh, celebrate a Panthers Stanley Cup win. Who knows what will happen? We'll have a, a virtual toast as well. That, there that's you go. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mike. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, leave a good rating. Uh, you know you can find all my work at local10.com or on the Local 10 app. You can follow me on Twitter at David Dwork for all my daily coverage of the cats. And as always, please take care of yourselves, be kind, stay safe, and stay cool.